The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We with the Pats and the Edmonton Expo Center. I'm standing with this team jacket on. Glenn Saber walked out on the bench, and I was literally like, bah, 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 bah. And our assistant GM, he was wearing the same jacket. And he was like, you guys, where did you get those jackets? And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. There was my chance to chat with Glenn Slatch Saber. And I soiled myself. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, Canada. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. We're coming to you live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. We are on the stage bar here with episode number 799. Can you believe of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show? We're coming to you live on Game Plus Television across all 10 provinces and 31 states. We're also live streaming on YouTube. And if you are listening to the podcast, welcome on in. I get a very special treat for you here an hour or two you can you can bring him in now guys arnie jackson i said at the start of the broadcast arnie you weren't here yet i don't even know how to introduce you because you were a jack of all trades you are not like tim hunter you're not just wearing this because it's stampede this is your usual attire right pretty much year round and rodeo pretty much goes year round believe it or not we start in denver with a national western in january and we finish up in las vegas with the national finals rodeo the first week in december so there's about three weeks that i'm not appropriate in cowboy attire <laughs> <laughs> and by the way i didn't just bring arnie on to talk about rodeo everybody because i think today is day seven of the calgary stampede but this guy has literally covered everything and I know there are people that have just tuned in for hour two, so they didn't hear what I said last hour. Uh, Arnie and I uh, found ourselves side by side in the Flames press box at a game here this spring, and it just—I just enjoyed the chat so much, Arnie, because we go back a very long time. But you just gave your thoughts on the Flames and Gaudreau and Kachuk and the Stampeders and the old Wranglers and the old Calgary Cowboys and everything else. I mean, this is your town, 
Uh, you've seen this town. Centennials. Yeah, the, the Centennials too. Yeah. The late Bearcat Murray and I yep. used to share bus driving duties with the Calgary Centennials was way a back. Team or, yeah, yeah, that was Scotty Monroe who came from Estevan, Saskatchewan and bought the, I think they were called the Calgary Buffaloes before that. They became the Calgary Centennials and we spent many, many wonderful years and hours and days and nights and everything else on the bus and chatting and grew up with the John Davidsons of the world. Uh, Jerry Holland and that great line that the Centennials had at that time. Still some of my favorite memories in hockey. But that goes back to late 60s, early 70s. Buddy, and when you talk about the John Davidsons of the world, they're going, that that John Davidson, the president of the Columbus Blue Jackets you're talking about, Correct. right? Yeah. So yes. the thing is, when people say, and for our older viewers that are watching on Game Plus TV, we're very big in the seniors' homes, Arnie. <laughs> when, when I say they don't make them like this anymore, this, ladies and gentlemen, take a good look. This is a broadcaster. They don't make them like this anymore. You've covered every sport. You speak so great. So before, and I'll take questions from the viewers. Um, Ar- Arnie can talk about anything. But uh, number one, you get Game Plus TV, but you said you didn't know it, right? So you're going to call tell us when we get when you get home. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's the number one cable carrier in Alberta and BC. Tell us, and you'll get Game Plus TV. Number two, Johnny Gaudreau. This town, can you? Uh, can you explain what this town's going through in the last 48 hours? I think mixed emotions for sure, uh, because the average person doesn't know what goes on behind the scenes. And even the players probably don't know all that goes on because the player agents are usually law-trained people. If they weren't lawyers, at least they have a very good handle on it. And they look at all kinds of stuff that... You and I probably don't think about. We go sign up for a job because we see an ad for it and it looks like something would be fun for a while to do. But there is so much involved in having a contract that is extended. What happens if you get hurt and you can't finish that contract? What are the justifications for any other problems, a mental breakdown, alcoholism or something that comes along? And yes, all of them have to go through those things. So we don't know why Johnny Goudreau chose. We can speculate on that, but I think between him and his mom and dad, who were here during the playoffs, and his wife, of course, and their new family that's coming along, uh, they made some personal decisions, and I'm not here to criticize him. I would love to have had him here, but it's his life, and he has to live it to lead by where his heart and his mind is taking him as well. Whether you believed or not he was the number one free agent on the board is a matter of perspective, but he's certainly been the most covered. And I think the one thing that I want to say is this town is gutted. And you've seen the reaction, Arnie. I mean, they're throwing crap at Brad Tree Living and the Flames and saying, what's wrong with the Flames? You're seeing it on the networks. Why doesn't he want to be in Calgary? That's what I'm hearing the most. People don't know the answer to that. And we don't, for sure. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We don't completely know. It's You know what I'm most impressed that it's not all about money, that he took actually less money to go someplace else to do what he loves. And so for those who like to think that the big, well-paid hockey players are all ego-driven by their bank accounts, I I would hasten you to think maybe Johnny Goudreau is one that has other particulars in his heart and in his mind and in his soul, and he's going in a direction that he's felt led to go by however he he gets his leadership and i'm sure it was a family decision as well 
Uh, Wayne watching in Victoria, B.C. says, Arnie has a great voice. I can see why he's done all kinds of sports broadcasts. So, you know, he, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. And before we switch gears, um, Johnny Gaudreau's been here eight years, so you've been in the scrums with him. You've interviewed him. I mean, I don't know him. All the people that I know that work for the Flames, they liked him. They really liked him. Apparently he's a likable guy, but they say that he's shy and he's quiet and maybe it doesn't like the glare that comes with playing for a Canadian NHL team. Does that make sense to you? Uh, there's certainly a point to be made there that has some validity to what extent. I think he mellowed in terms of his relationship with the media over the time that he was here, realizing that, wow, maybe even New Jersey where I grow up is not as hockey a town and we call Calgary the cow town, but it's a hockey town before it's a cow town. Yeah. That's only 10 or 15 days of the year. We used to have Rodeo Royal in the spring, so I could say it was 15 or 16 days of the year we had Rodeo at the front. And there's still a fair amount of interest. There's a fair amount of agriculture that goes on, which is the basis for both chuck wagon racing and Rodeo. But those events... We're a hockey town. We're, look at what we've got coming. If you want to talk Calgary for a moment, we've got the heat coming from Stockton. Next year, you're going to have uh, the Calgary Hitmen still playing here, although I believe they'll be at uh, the Sutina Reserve, yeah. which is known as the Seven Chiefs. And that'll be a suitable home for them. It's easy to park. It's easy to get to with the new ring road. Um, and I think they'll be... They'll get some boisterous crowds. I remember how noisy it used to be in the Corral when we did Wranglers and Junior Hockey there, and you get 5,000 people can make more noise and make it sound yeah. uh, more emotional than when you get 18 or 19 in the saddle, don't believe it or not. Yeah. So everything considered, Calgary, yeah, they lose Johnny Hockey, but they won't lose hockey. And I, and I think there's on the prospects uh, table uh, some work being done to try and get us a new arena. And that will certainly make it uh, even more enticing to stay here for the Flames organization, which also own the Stampeders and the Roughnecks lacrosse. Yeah, well, if yeah, for sure. And the thing is, I think the Flames will be just fine with a player that didn't want to be here anyways. So I, I will just say this to our viewers. A conversation I had this morning with a guy, front desk hotel worker. He said, Gaudreau's gone. Kachuk's going to be next. If we don't have a shovel on the ground by November, we won't have a new rink and the Flames are going to be gone in two years. And I'm like, dude, you got to go for a walk you got to do some yoga man like but that's not atypical of what the mood is here people are that down now on the stampede thing i'm interested to hear you say it's a hockey town before it's a rodeo slash western town because the cowboys go back longer than the flames do Cowboys been here for 100 years. They have as a matter of fact over 100 years now yeah uh, i think uh it was uh, in 2012, we celebrated the 100th anniversary of the Calgary Stampede. And that was when Guy Weedy came, who was a New Yorker. So we have a flavor that's U.S.-based, I don't care, in all kinds of things, but certainly our rodeo, because here was a New Yorker with his wife that thought, hey, we could take vaudeville out here to the prairies and make something of it. And uh, the great guy, Wiedek, who started it all, is buried just south of Calgary at High River. So that is uh, unbelievable. That goes on and on, yes. But the thing is, Arnie, and uh, I'll say it again, it's a thrill. Arnie's going to be with us for 40 minutes. Are you good to go? Yes. To, yeah. Is, uh, we used to run you on the radio stations I worked at. 
your chuck wagon report, your rotor, your report. This guy's a hustler, man. He's been at it before anybody else was doing it in this <laughs> business. But you would do those reports, and you'd call the radio station. Correct. Right? And you'd say, hey, I got a report here. I'm Arnie Jackson with a chuck wagon report. And we'd run it, and we loved it, and the list- listeners loved it. But this is a born-and-bred Calgary guy, right? Correct. This is my first stampede. And I'm a little tired of people saying to me, how could it be your first stampede? You grew up in this. Worked in the CFL for 20 years. You know, I never had a summer. I was never able to do it. It doesn't ever get old to you. No, it doesn't get old. It's, yeah. it's part of who I am. It's part right. of my life. And, and I have to give credit to a couple of influencers. <clears throat> and I think most of us have those in our life somewhere. Probably the most impactful uh, influence came from Joe Carberry. Right. Because I worked for Joe at CFAC Radio for many years, and it was Joe who said, Arnie got the voice to call Chuck Wagon Races. Come on down, see what we're doing. He said, hey, they have a rodeo in the afternoon while they're harrowing the track. Why don't you get an interview or something with the Cowboys, figure out what they're doing, and we'll include that. And I fell in love with that sport, not because I grew up on a farm, just went there to learn to drive, <laughs> as many. Right. But... It was Joe Carberry's influence and the contact with the real people. You can call them cowboys, you can call them whatever. They are the real people who took me in as a city slicker, and I learned, uh, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with the people in Chuck Hogan Racing as well. So, because you dress like this almost all year, I will ask you, what is your favorite sport? Not to cover per se, but maybe as a fan. What's your favorite thing when... To attend live or watch on TV? Oh, I guess hockey. Yeah? Because I did play-by-play of hockey, and I understand the game. I could sit on the bus with Scotty Monroe and chat about, why did you do this? Or what about that penalty? Or the decision after the penalty? Um, All kinds of stuff. I understood more about the game than just being the casual fan because I got to travel with the players and off-camera, off-microphone, sitting beside them on the bus to tell you all kinds of stories. Some you can't repeat on the radio, obviously, and some just out of personal respect were them sharing themselves with you. And I was so privileged to have that, that access to them. And then turn the page for 20 years later. We got the bid for the 88 Winter Olympics, and Dave King moved to Calgary from the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, where he was athletic and coaching director there. And I fell in love with Dave King. Seriously, this is a guy that has more knowledge than I could ever read in encyclopedias, particularly about hockey. And what a thrill to do play-by-play of Team Canada for three years on the old CKO radio network uh, with Dave King. I used to sit on the bus at the front with Dave because I could learn so much more. Yeah, And it helped me able to deliver not just play-by-play of a game, but those filler stories that... You don't learn unless you talk to the people, unless you associate and hear them from those people. In the next what segment. What a privilege. Oh, yeah, well, for sure. And in the next segment, I think I want to steer it around to the CFL and where the Stampeders fit into all of that. But in the three minutes we have left, for the, road, for the non-rodeo fans that tune in here every day, because it's on Sportsnet every night, I'm watching it, plus the Cowboy Channel, where are we at in the week? We're working towards Championship Sunday, right? Where are we at? 
Explain explain what's been going on here. For We're midway through the second pool of Cowboys. So what they do at Calgary now is they invite Cowboys to come and they divide them into pools. So a pool lasts for four days. Then those Cowboys can leave Calgary and go do whatever else they want to do. Most of them are back in the States at a myriad of rodeos that are going on right now. Those that come second, and that's why if you look at the roster and it says, whoa, those are all Americans. There's one event that there isn't a single Canadian. That's because when the Americans cross the border, if they're pulling their calves for the calf roping event, they don't want to be going back and forth. So they come for the B pool. And if they qualify for championship Sunday, they just have one day off in between. Because a day off is, this is Cowboys Christmas time. There's a rodeo somewhere every day. And this time of the year, more than one. So they have choices. And Calgary's big money, and it's an important rodeo to be seen at. It is televised, as you said, on the Cowboy Channel as well. And so we're into the section now in rodeo where we're halfway through that B-pool, but it's mostly American Cowboys at Calgary. Now, the chuck wagons in the evening is a little different, and there's still some controversy about so many changes. One is, should we go back to four, or is three good enough? Three per race. Three per yeah. race used to be four, and just about every other track, with the exception of Medicine Hat, we run four wagons. So Bonneville, uh, Panoka Stampede, Grand Prairie, Dawson Creeks, uh, even Rocky Mountain House, we run four wagons in each heat. Why are we only running three? Because it changes the whole format. You then have three segments when only uh, three wagons are in each heat, and you don't have a semifinals on Saturday anymore. If I was a marketing sports guy, I'd say, ooh, hold it a second. The four with everybody running each of the four barrels for four days, and then you reseat them or you change it all up depending on times, and then you have another four days gets only eight of the ten. That means you have a Super Saturday semifinal. I mean, if I was a marketing guy, I would be telling the Stampede uh, in no uncertain terms, you're missing a huge opportunity to market the sport by giving up on having that semifinal Saturday in which you then qualify some drivers to to compete in uh, the ninth and final for championship Sunday. And that's that's all a marketing thing, too. I'm pretty sure they've been told. (laughs) And they made their decision anyway. So, Arnie asks, answering my questions, he'll answer yours, the viewers, when we come back, and he can answer them all. (laughs) It's Hour 2 of the RP Show. We're live at Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, and we'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. There's a look outside at Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, the vaunted Calgary Stampede Pancake Breakfast. And we got Arnie Jackson here, an absolute... See that bus, by the way? That's carrying the Calgary Flames prospects. They're staying at Gray Eagle, too. Arnie knows this place very well, Satina Nation, where we're at. And trust me, we'll get back to the normal talk. But And you know these Gray Eagle folks very well. They, said they have me. been great, oh, yeah. great chuck wagon sponsors. That, and them too? Rhonda, Whit- Rhonda Whitney from the Gray Eagle here and her dad, uh, Roy Whitney, who's the chief here at uh, Sutina, have been supporters of chuck wagon racing. Kurt Benzmiller is 
well as anybody knows them because they sponsored his wagon for many years and the wrap-up awards dinner is every year here at the event center uh in the fall in october so yes uh, i'm I'm at home. Well, I've told (laughs) me too, and I've told my viewers many times that I've been trying to just slowly tip my toe in the water of the Stampede and this whole Calgary scene. And the Gray Eagle folks said, you should get the flames on your show, the actual flames. And I said, well, how and why would I go about doing that? And they said, they're staying here. They're skating at the Seven Chiefs. Yep. I'm like, oh, it just doesn't end, man. The energy in this city, Arnie, is unbelievable. Eh? It's going to be two million people in... Within 10 years, I'll bet it's 2 million people here. Wow. It's It's a great spot. Just voted the third best city in the world to live in. Correct. (laughs) And no provincial sales tax here. It never has been. (laughs) Never never has been, right? So for those of you running for the leadership of whatever party winds up in power, keep it that way. No sales tax in Alberta, or we're joining the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, so we almost kind of have. But so... Here at BW watching at Edmonton says, I remember listening to the CFAC for the Chuck Wagons of the 1980s. There was no such thing as sports radio. Well, that would become sports radio, obviously, Correct. 960. Jimmy Hughes, you would know him pretty well. Went right? to school with him. That's another story for another show. Okay, and we'll I'm get sure Jimmy to come on the show when we do that. Is he still alive? Yes, he is. He just won a real estate award for the best real estate trainer in Canada, believe it or not. But he still does a bit of rodeo. and a, Old and a, weather guy, radio he, guy. Absolutely. His daughter's doing weather now, Jody Hughes. Sheesh. Global. I'm, we'll get Jimmy on one day and we'll just That would have be great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Today's a three ring almost. <laughs> uh, Vince. Okay, we've got a lot of questions here. <clears throat> I'm trying to... There were squirrels around here. We're trying to keep it on track. Our poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Who won day one of NHL free agency? And your options are the Ottawa Senators, the New Jersey Devils, the Columbus Blue Jackets for signing Johnny Hockey or somebody else. Jeremy Shackleton writes in and says, Detroit probably won free agency day one. Told you, Rod, they would be on your radar. I wouldn't. I We agonized over who those three teams would be, and I'm glad that you have a write-in ballot saying Detroit. And I'll get your answer to that in a second. But uh, Vince asks, Arnie, over a long history covering sports, what are the top two or three memorable moments in sports you've covered or witnessed? Oh, in 89, for sure, when they beat Montreal to win the Stanley Cup, if we're talking hockey. I, I have so many great ones from rodeo and chuck wagon racing. Um, just the chance to meet the great Tom Dorchester and visit with him and sit on the stage uh, the year before he passed away and to watch his son Dallas go on and win Calgary, another of those great moments. Um, the Olympics, of course. For sure, the Olympics. And I, and I, to the life of me, don't understand why we have not bid to get them back here. Nobody seemed to really want them for 2026, and I think it was a toss-out. They gave it away. Calgary could have just said let's have a coffee and talk about it and they just said well we're bringing the certificate to sign you guys get it for 2026 it have been a great impetus for the city right now to have uh, the olympics back we do need some upgrading of some of the sites but why not here's my thought on the olympics if you train in calgary at 3500 feet from sea level you can probably perform at your peak almost anywhere in the world 
But if you train at a many of the other venues that are much lower, and then you come to a place that's high, like Calgary, that's, that's a challenge for you. The animals have that problem. Uh, stock car racers and dragsters have that problem. They come to Calgary to run. They need to get in a couple of days ahead of time and adjust all their carburetors and everything for the different heights. Why not have Calgary a year-round Olympic training facility and host on a rotation every 16 years or whatever? But the neat thing is you can compete anywhere in the world if you can, can be competitive here. in Calgary. Well, there you go. So there's your answer to that question. Uh, from Saratoga, New York, Ryan McCarthy says, My Devils missed out on Goudreau, but they signed Andre Palat. I have a feeling they're not done. Uh, that's why I've got New Jersey in the option there is who one day won a free agency. But I know my Lightning friend fans in South Florida. <laughs> I, I know that's where the Panthers play, but there's Lightning fans down there. They're very upset that Andre Palat has left. My buddy Brody, that's his favorite player. Uh, loyalty, man. It's gone, Arnie. Right? we got to get over it. How, who would you Mr. say? Mr. Hockey. Johnny Hockey, they called him. He got that buzz name right from the get-go. You could see he was an inspired young man that had a long future ahead of him in the game. But became uninspired playing here. <laughs> Are we going to go back on that? <laughs> you know what? I And I watched them a fair amount throughout the season. It never showed up on the ice. Him and Kachuk, uh, what a great partnership. They didn't need to look to see where each other was. They had that uh, Rogers, Garen, Holland sense, and that's the old Centennial line I was talking about many yeah. years ago, maybe the best junior hockey line ever, uh, at least in that era. And that was something that, it's like a great marriage. It's not something you can go through and check off all the boxes. It either works or it doesn't work. And with Kachuk and, and with Goudreau, it was there. They didn't have to look at each other to know where they were. The body language was there. The sense was in the stick. And uh, Kachuk could pull off the, the neatest goals I've ever seen in my life. Between his Backwards legs and stuff, in between yeah. his legs and flipped it I into know. the corner. Well, he still does. He we're going to miss that duel. Yeah. Johnny and uh, Matthew, yes. Well, yes. hey, by the way, you see, folks, broadcaster. We can call him Cowboys, the John Lynch of Cowboys, the Cowboy John Lynch, or Calgary's John Lynch. You just get on a roll, and and I love it. I respect <laughs> it, because that's what I grew up listening to. But that night in the saddle dome, in the press box, Arnie got on a roll, and he said, the Flames have had three setters coach them. Daryl twice. Boom, 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 boom. And the first thing, Brian, Brent, and Daryl, uh, the three. Correct. And... When Johnny left, the people immediately pointed the finger at Daryl, right? Yesterday, saying he was too hard on him, and that's why he left. Do you buy that? Absolutely not. Um, he is the same with every player, and I know um, the Sutters from outside the game of hockey because they are ranch and farm people. As a matter of fact, Daryl was honored this year at the Pinocchio Stampede and uh, rode around in their big stagecoach right at the end to wave to everybody as the coach of the year. And and he's right at home. He jumped off the box and was signing autographs with all kinds of fans and stopping and getting pictures. Daryl, away from the spotlight where it's a, a structured press conference, is a whole different human being. I could sit on the bus and talk to him just like I did Dave King. I could sit in that chuck wagon and talk to him by the hour, and we'd probably never mention hockey because his breadth of knowledge of all kinds of stuff. Here's an interesting story about Daryl. 
He got let go in San Jose. And the speculation was Calgary was looking for a coach. Would he come to Calgary? Might he come to Calgary? Well, he's an Alberta kid. Yeah, it'd be great if he came to Calgary. So I'm at the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, and I'm starting to walk up the steps to go into the Thomas and Mack Center. Out of the corner of my eye, guess who I see? Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter and a couple of his buddies. So I go down and I said, hey, Daryl, are you coming to Calgary to coach our hockey team? And he said, ah, we'll see. He said, I have to get this rodeo in. This has been in my heart since I was a kid, and I am so jealous of you because you get to come every year to the national finals, (laughs) and I'm always busy in hockey at that time of the year. The best thing that happened to me was not being in San Jose. I got to come to the NFR once. So that's a story that a lot of people don't know, but an experience that I had. And and I know Daryl away from the hockey arena as well. We could sit and chat. Just like you and me, we could sit and talk about curling or coffee or anything else or Calgary. Yeah, exactly. Anything that starts with a C. (laughs) I'm glad to hear what you say about Daryl because it was a natural thing. I mean, he was hard on Johnny. There's no doubt, but he also had an all-star season, 115 points, right? So uh, right from the horse's mouth, if you will, pardon the pun. Now, hey, well, I, can't, yeah, <laughs> I can't let you go without a comment on the Calgary Stampeders who are playing in the game of the week as voted by our viewers, Canada's game of the week. The defending, four, defending. Yeah, 4-0 uh, and champs at the 5-0 and Bombers. How much time do you spend covering the Calgary Stampeders? Not as much as I'd like to because I have a ton of respect for them. But unfortunately, being the voice of the WPCA chuck wagon, I'm on the road most of the time. So from the third week in May, we're gone. And the only time I'm home is Stampede Week. And guess what takes up my time when we're home? We're back to High River next week and then Strathmore. I'll try and get to a few of their practices and maybe catch a couple of the uh, post-game interviews with the players. But unfortunately... The Stampeders, as much as I love football, is just uh, at the Down on the depth time chart. of the yeah. year. And yeah. it's easy to replace me covering the Stampeders. It's probably not as easy finding somebody who understands, knows the sports of rodeo and chuck wagon racing and is willing to go out and, and pedal it as hard as I have to. Because it's not a high-ticket item. It, getting a corporate sponsor to follow you when you're covering rodeo is like, hmm, should they still be doing that? Ooh. <laughs> That's still you happening, know. huh? Well, you get people asked because they'd have to go to a president who might be part of the George Soros team and not want rodeo and chuck wagon racing. And that's part and parcel of why Calgary's making some changes is to show that they care about the animals, animals but yeah. they still want to have them and they're trying to. They're walking a tightrope. I would not want to be on that tightrope in case it breaks. I've dabbled just a little bit into it, and I'm like, oop, I don't want to be part of this conversation. I told you that before yes. we went to the air. There's a lot of things that I just have been kind of pulled into, and I'm like, eh. But on the stamps, the one thing I realized, they're a huge brand in this town. I mean, you come from Saskatchewan where they're the only brand, and you know that. You've been through Saskatchewan. They're the only thing. Here, the stamps are a bit, they're not the only thing, but they're a big thing. You know what we have to fix? That border thing, so you don't need a passport to come up from Montana because our coach is from Great Falls, and, Montana, uh, Dave Dickinson. Very popular there. And his, all of his colleagues, all of his relatives would love to come to Calgary, but they're not buying a passport just to come up here to see a football game. And there has to be some kind of a soft arrangement that those who have 
proper ID can just come and stay for the day or take a bus trip, come and see a football game or a hockey game and go back home again. They'd love to come up here and fish, but they won't buy a passport just to go fishing in Alberta. Yeah, I should. I would be remiss if I didn't let you go in the two minutes we have left on the facilities. Yes. I mentioned the guy saying to me today, if we don't have a new rink started by November, we're never going to get one. And forget about a football stadium. I mean, what's the outlook for the facilities here? At some point in time, as Calgary continues to grow, um, if the groups that are dealing with the new hockey entertainment facility in the downtown area walk away from it, there'll be something else comes. I know that the late Ken King, who uh, dedicated his life to trying to make Calgary a great sports center, had a vision for the area around McMahon Stadium now, where you would have had a hockey arena, a covered football stadium, and even a thing that you could turn into for speed skating or baseball could be played there. He was a visionary, and we all miss Ken King, I can tell you. All right, Arnie, I'll see you around the rodeo. Can we do this again? We absolutely. All right. I'm five minutes from your studio here. <laughs> Everybody says that. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> great centrally located for my friends, Great Eagle Resort and Casino. We're going to talk some Blue Jays baseball with Mike Wilner next. You're watching the RP show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24 hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. The old pancake breakfast. I don't know. They said they're going to serve 1,500 of those, but I bet you it's more at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Calgary's entertainment destination. That's where we're broadcasting from. It is a big Blue Jays town when they're winning, and it's a mini sweep for the Blue Jays over the Philadelphia Phillies. Teoscar Hernandez hit two homers in an 8-2 row to Philadelphia in the finale of that two-game interleague series. It was John Schneider's debut as interim manager of the Jays a day after the firing of Charlie Montoyo. And joining us to talk about it is our good friend Mike Wilner, longtime host of Jays Talk from the Deep Left Field podcast and the Toronto Star. Mike, you've been just nuclear on Twitter this week. I've loved it. And the Jays, I got that win in Mr. Schneider's debut. Uh, your thoughts on the firing of Charlie Montoyo? Everybody seemed kind of surprised that it came down. Were you? Yeah, I was at the time, and then after being at the ballpark and talking to a bunch of people, I was a little less surprised, but still surprised. I mean, I had thought that the Blue Jays um, were very happy with Charlie, and uh, that you know he was there to implement their plan. He was there to to keep the clubhouse atmosphere uh, positive, and there had never been any indication that they weren't happy with the job he was doing. But then yesterday at the news conference or. Ross Atkins kept saying, we wanted it to work with Charlie. We wanted it to work with Charlie. And very clearly, that means that it wasn't working with Charlie. And, um, and they, they felt like this was a move they had to make in order to make sure that they stopped the spiral that the team was on and got it back into the position in the standings where they believe it should be. Well, you've covered baseball a long time. You know the game. You've been around a lot of Jays managerial firings. It seemed to me as simple as the team is more talented than what their record indicates, which usually leads to a firing. But they just they just send them into extension in the offseason, though, right? Would you not agree they're better than their record indicates or not? 
Well, I mean, at some point you are what your record says you are, but I do believe that this is a team that has the easy capability to be better than its record. But you know, one of the reasons it was surprising was because this kind of stuff hasn't happened in baseball in a long time. It, it's it's used to, for sure, a lot, mid-season managerial changes, and it's very much still a thing in hockey. Um, but in baseball, I think until this season, there hadn't been a mid-season manager firing in three or four years. And then this year, Joe Girardi gets blown up by the Phillies, Joe Madden by the Angels, and now Charlie. So uh, that's three in the last month and a half and none in the three years before that. So, you know, that was another reason that it was surprising because this sort of thing had stopped for a while in baseball. Well, everybody wants to look forward, and I get that, but let me just ask you this. In the pantheon of Jay's skippers, where does Charlie Montoyo rate? How will he go down besides a career 500? I mean, he did get into the playoffs. They got swept, right, in the in two games against the Rays a couple of years ago. But where do you rate him all time for Jay's managers? I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a longish list, 13 or 14 managers in Blue Jays history. I don't know where. Uh, to, to put Charlie specifically on the ranking on that list, he'd be above quite a few and uh, below a couple. Um, but look, this is the guy who guided the team through the most tumultuous uh, period in the history of the franchise, and and he deserves recognition for that. The you know the the fact that he uh, had his hands on the controls last year where they played home games in Dunedin for two months, home games in Buffalo for another two months. Didn't get off the road until July 30th. They played their first like hundred games of the season on the road. Um, that, that deserves great recognition and, and uh, a real position in the, the, you know, the franchise history, what, uh, what he had to go through, what they had to go through and uh, to finish with 91 wins to have the best record or the second best record in the league after they got home on July 30th, that's really, really significant to get manager of the year votes. You know, Charlie Montoya was a finalist for manager of the year last year, and most Blue Jays managers have never been in that conversation. So um, I, I definitely think that this isn't a tenure that will be quickly forgotten. From our viewers. Tacona in Winnipeg says, middle of the road, Charlie. <laughs> From David Santa, he says, God, Mike's voice is awesome. Isn't it? And I particularly liked your scathing reaction to idiot callers on Jay's talk. Now you're just doing it on Twitter, right? Like you've had a, not vile week, but a volatile week on social media, Mike. Would you not agree? Going back and forth with people? I mean, it, it got a little rough last week in uh, at the beginning of the Seattle series to the point where I just stopped responding to people for a few days because it was, it, you know, I, I'm wasting my time and, and I've wasted far too much time and spent far too much time on, on people who are just screaming into the ether and hoping to get a reaction. But um, look, it's when a team's not doing well, um, Fans feel entitled to better. Um, they start looking for someone to blame. They start looking for someone to yell at. And uh, it's it's getting to be a little, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit over right now. But 
you know, I try to engage in good faith discussions on on Twitter. And when it becomes apparent that the person that I'm discussing things with is not operating in good faith, then I'm just going to get out of there. But if you know, if there are factual corrections that need to happen, then I I feel like I need to get the real story out, get the truth out. I don't like when people are angry and wrong about why they're angry. And I figure if they, uh, maybe if they understand the truth, they won't be as angry, but I'm starting to give up on that too. Buddy, they'll never listen. Just so you know, they'll never listen. But Mike, you just be you. And that's enough because you're great. Now to look ahead, um, and this is like a stick of dynamite went off in the in the Jays locker room, which I think was the goal of this firing. What do you see ahead? I mean, you'd like to think that professional athletes don't need motivating, but I guess they do. Um, so John Schneider's coaching for his job the rest of the year, or what? What 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 lies ahead here with this baseball team? Look, it feels like John Schneider's been the heir apparent uh, for this organization since Charlie Montoyo was hired. I mean, they could have given Schneider the job then, but I don't think they well, I think they wanted him to have a little bit of an apprenticeship in the major leagues and I also think they didn't want him to start with a terrible team and the 2019 Blue Jays were a terrible team which is you know why that whoever said middle of the road Charlie needs to take a serious look you know he he got a brutal team that lost 95 games and that was gutted throughout the course of the season and in 2020 and 21 and 22, they were a winning team and very much above 500. I think over the the three years, they were probably close to 30, 35 games over 500. So that's what Charlie did when he actually had major league players and, and a major league team. And he wasn't running Sam Gavilio out there to, to lead the team in innings pitched. Um, but I think the rest of the way, I don't think we're going to see much of a tactical change. You know, John Schneider's been the bench coach this season and really the de facto bench coach last season too. So he's had a hand in what the Blue Jays have been doing strategically. Pete Walker has a lot to say about that. I don't think that's going to change. I, I just think there's going to be a different energy around the team and a different energy uh, in the dugout. And, and that may well be palpable. We'll be able to see it. And I think the players are going to really appreciate that. Uh, lastly, from Ultra Tough Scene in on YouTube watching, says the kids need to stop being treated like kids and more like pro baseball players. Tough love needed. From Giuseppe, says I follow Mike's podcast, Deep Left Field, and that's why that's my weekly fix of Blue Jays here in Italy. Keep up the good work. And we'll end it on that, Mike, for all your legion of fans. And I say that... Uh, I mean it. Where can they follow your stuff? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Wilnerness, where I've been for years and years and years. And as that, uh, uh, as Giuseppe just mentioned, wow, in Italy, uh, Deep Left Field podcast comes out every Thursday. A new episode just dropped like ten minutes ago, and it's uh, very, very in-depth detail about uh, the firing of Charlie Montoya, the hiring of John Schneider. I talked to Jordan Romano, who was. You know, he's the closer now, but he was John Schneider's ace starter for two championships in the minor leagues in 2017 and 18. So they know each other very well. I talked to Ross Stripling every week, and uh, Stripling was coming off a phenomenal start last night. And we talked about that. We talked about Charlie Montoyo's firing and, and what, uh, what they think will happen. And also this week, uh, Ricky Tiedemann, who is 19, who's pitching for Vancouver and who's the top 
pitching prospect in the Blue Jay system. So uh, go find Deep Left Field wherever you get your podcast. We're not on YouTube yet like you, but we'll get there maybe. Hey, Mike, you rock, buddy. Thanks for popping on today, and keep on keeping on. Talk soon. Thanks, Rod. Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Wilner. We'll be right back with a Taco Time viewer takeover, and the Moose will rejoin us. We're live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. You're watching on Game Plus TV. We are YouTubers, of course, as well. And you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, broadcasting from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, there's a good look of the exterior of this wonderful place that it's hosted us now into our 15th week, Calgary's entertainment destination, and there's a look at the vaunted Calgary Stampede Pancake uh, Pancake Breakfast. By the way, it's a Taco Time viewer takeover now in our final segment, also called Overtime. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito, half off at Taco Time every Thursday as we bring the Moose in, Darren Moose DuPont from Lake Country for one final segment. And there you go, Moose. Now you know Arnie Jackson. He is the OG yes. of radio announcers. What did you think of that chat? Yeah, it was great. And I love, I love sitting there uh, just listening to it. And you guys sitting at the desk there. That was, that was pretty good. So hopefully uh, it won't be the last time he's on the show. Oh, he's got big plans. Big plans. Trust me, we're going to have to go to a Great Eagle buffet here, by the way, and chat about that. By the way, speaking of buffets, tell the viewers about the Jerry Seinfeld reel that you sent me the other day. Was that from actually from Jerry Seinfeld, or what was that? What was that from? I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't remember. I don't know who clipped it or what account it was from, but it was from a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up, and he was talking about how crazy buffets are. He's so good at just pointing out real-life things. Crazy buffets are. He's like, where else would you order, you know, fried chicken with Belgian waffles with cookies and, you know, a fruit parfait and a rack of ribs with a side of rice and mashed potatoes? Who would do that? He said, every night you eat like you're going to the electric chair. It is... Uh, it's wild. So I just thought of you and me and all of us eating at the buffet every night. So it's fun. Well, it was, it was funny what people don't understand with the buffet here at Grey Eagle. I've managed to keep the weight off. What they don't understand is we're not eating three, four plates. It's a little bit of prime rib. It's a little bit of pork ribs. It's a little bit of chicken fried rice. It's a little bit of ginger beef. It's a little bit of lemon meringue. It's a little bit of pecan pie. It's a little bit of just a little bit of everything. Yeah, yes. yeah, buddy. It's the most eclectic uh, the, food ever. Right. By the way, we encourage our viewers to text World Juniors right now to 902-518-3033, all caps, 902-518-3033, to be entered to win any regular tournament World Juniors game tickets of your choice. Two winners will be picked every Friday. Edmonton's hosting the world this summer. The World Juniors back August 9th to the 20th. You can also purchase your tickets today at HockeyCanada.ca. Somebody is monitoring the texts that are coming in, right? Because I'm seeing them all. And I'm like, this isn't on me, right? You guys are handling that, I assume? That's right. Okay. Um, My bell. 
couple things here from the text line, from the 902 line. Brian in Withrow, Alberta, says, Breaking news, Edmonton Oilers have moved their farm team. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a Leafs logo with Oilers underneath. They're saying that, that they, the Leafs are a farm team for the Oilers. Have you seen that going around? You must have. Yeah, they, I've heard the Edmonton Maple Leafs. They're going to change the name. Um, because they're taking so many former Leafs over to Edmonton, and guess what? They're still not winning Stanley Cups in either place. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, no. From Dougal, Dougal Cameron in Calgary says, as a kid that grew up on the other side of Scotsman's Hill in the 1960s, I hate new wagon rules. They're brutal. I plan to go to Strathmore to see wagon racing the way it's supposed to be. That's with four wagons in a heat, not three. See what I'm learning, Moose? Uh, Robert and Prince yeah. Albert, Mark Habscheid resigns as Raiders head coach to take a head coaching job in Europe. So coaching vacancy coming up in the Western Hockey League. By the way, or now open in the Western Hockey League. I wonder who will get that. Probably Dave Stroosh. If I'm putting my money on it right now, it's probably Dave Stroosh. Um, interesting take by Ernie when I asked him about the Calgary Stampeders. For our viewers, tomorrow will be a football Friday. We're going to be joined by Jeff Fairholm, Hall of Famer, Grey Cup winner with the Argos and the Riders, and we're hoping on a very special guest who's been somewhat difficult to pin down. So I guess we're going to have to save the football for Fridays, Darren, because it was kind of sad with Arnie. I said, where are you on the stamps? He's like, ah, they're just far down on my list. Arnie covers everything. Like, what's happening, man? I don't know. What's happening to Canadian Football League coverage? I don't know, like, you know, it's been consolidated where there's there's less outlets covering it because, you know, all the focus seems just to flow. Maybe it's through TSN. So in terms of coverage, they're providing it and everybody else is taking a backseat or even taking their foot completely off the gas. I'm not really sure. But you know what? The games have been good this year. I think we've taken a step forward this season in terms of the on-field play and hopefully it transitions into coverage down the line. This is why I'm funneling all of the viewers and our football-related interviews into Fridays, and and maybe down the road it'll be Mondays, but at least the viewers know that it will always be Football Friday, and that can run year-round because, you know, come fall, we got the NFL starting up, and uh, which is a year-round league, but it's just, we got a last minute of play in the RP show today, last minute of play. We got to give people what they want. We got sponsors coming on board here, like the World Juniors, and uh, you know the CFL is doing as good a job as they can. They really are. I told you I read the game notes. We're still fans. I watch every game. What I tell you, this is Touchdown Atlantic Five, and I'm hoping to get together with Fairholm and some buddies and have a little bit of a viewing party here in Calgary to watch Touchdown Atlantic and maybe bring all the Rider fans. Somebody wrote into me. Maybe you saw it on our Facebook page and said all the Rider fans in Calgary are excited you're doing the show here. All right, well, let's get them all watching then. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. Because the world's man, the merry go, merry go round still spinning. And are you going to be on it or are you going to be off it? And I just wonder right now where the CFL is. Moose, enjoy uh, the next 22 hours on the lake, buddy. We'll chat with you tomorrow. You got it. Keep enjoying Stampede. Justin Dunk with us tomorrow, noon Eastern. T- McFly, hello?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.